Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Autumn Miles, back at you. Love you guys so much. I've got a show for you that hopefully going to encourage you. What would you give up if you gave up? You're going to give up more than you want to. I'll tell you that right now. I've got a couple of announcements for you. We are listener supported. Listener supported. That's you. You're the listeners. And let me tell you something. We are so incredibly grateful for each and every one of you that has sent your money over the years to help keep the show on the air. You have no idea what an answer to prayer it is when you guys send a gift to the ministry. If this ministry has blessed you at all, if you feel like God has used this ministry in your life, you can head over to autumnmiles.com and hit the donate button. You, you can donate like one time or you can do a reoccurring donation. We would just be so honored for you guys to donate to keep the show on the air. Also, we are taking sponsorships from um, companies small businesses. If you need a a real nice tax write-off, we are a 501c3 and we are taking sponsorships as well. So if you are interested in that, you can email hello at autumnmiles.com and um, we will feature your business um, on the air uh, to keep us on the air. Uh, Listen, uh, this show today, I hope will encourage you. What would you give up if if you gave up. Sometimes when we are looking at our lives uh, and there is pressure, I just did a show and we talked a little bit about the middle, the middle of something, you know, it's really exciting to start something like I think you don't you think don't you know, like when you're going to a wedding and the all the preparation that happened for the wedding and like the bride gets the dress and the cake and the flowers. And then the, you know, the proposal is so huge. It's so exciting. Oh my goodness. And then everyone comes together and they share in this beautiful new marriage. They celebrate it. There is a huge celebration. Um, Everybody, uh, you know, cheers and claps and it's just a beautifully romantic day. Well, five years in, (laughs) no one's coming and celebrating. You know, it is the middle of, uh, well, not not necessarily the middle, but some time has gone by and a lot of times kids have come into the picture and it changes the whole dynamic of a relationship. And and a lot of times um, rather than and staying the course, there is a temptation to give up because it's hard to sustain. It's hard to um, uh, see what you would give up if you gave up. We think about this about kids as well. How wonderful is it? To see someone on uh, social media or be invited to a gender reveal party or someone that that wants to get pregnant finally has gotten pregnant. How how exciting is that? It is so absolutely amazing and exciting. Cut to the child being three years old and being a three-nager and looking at you and screaming, no. I mean, there are days as a mom when you're like, this is too much for me. I don't know if I can handle it. It would be so much 
much easier if I would give up. Of course, we don't do that. But you're not a normal mom if you don't have thoughts like that every once in a while because they 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 wear on you <laughs> at times. But what would you give up if you gave up? A lot of people, um, you know, I think they're on, we're on this road to financial success. We're on this road to, uh, you know, uh, we want to get out of debt. And so we start uh, doing the total money makeover and we start, you know, uh, paying with everything with cash, just like Dave Ramsey would have us do. Listen, we're in, we're in $10,000, $15,000 worth of debt. So we've got to pay down this debt. Um, and it's really, really great when you pull, pay off the first two credit cards that are like $200, $300, $400. But then you get a year in and you're like, man, I really would like that new pair of jeans that cost uh, what, whatever, whatever they cost. I don't want to pay off this debt. I want to do this. What would you give up if you gave up? That's what my show was going to be about uh, today. Moses went through this. Here we have Moses, and I'm going to take you to uh, Exodus 5 because I just I feel like this is such an incredible um, passage of Scripture. Um, when God came and God and God met him, I'm going to actually I'm going to go back. Uh, my 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 notes say Exodus 5, but I'm going to go back to Exodus 3. When God met him on uh, the the backside of the mountain when he was um, tending his father's flock, there was a burning bush, okay? He looked, we all know the story. If we've been in church for 2.5 seconds, we know the story. He looks, he sees the, the burning bush, and God speaks to him out of the burning bush. And this is what he says. Uh, let me back it up. The Lord said in Exodus 3, verse 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because of their taskmasters, for I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land to a land, a spacious land that is flowing with milk and honey to a place of the Canaanite and the Hittite and the Amorite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Now behold, the cry of the sons of Israel have come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression which the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, verse 10 says this, come now, I will send you to Pharaoh. So Moses here accepts this brand new pledge from the Lord. God is saying, I'm going to send you to do something new now. Moses had a lot of insecurities. He questioned God a lot. He told God how he was unqualified. Um, and I love that he told God how he was unqualified because I cannot even uh, tell you how many times I've told the Lord, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to do this. And then God comes through and he's like, I've chosen you anyway. Go ahead, which is kind of what he did with uh, Moses. But here Moses shows up to the throne room of Pharaoh. And he goes in and he says, hey, uh, God has sent me. I'm totally paraphrasing. You can read it for yourself out of the uh, the book of Exodus. But he goes into the uh, to the throne room of Pharaoh. And he said this in Exodus five, verse one. And afterward, Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord God of Israel. Let my people go that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. But Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I don't know the Lord. And besides, I will not 
let Israel go. Verse three says this. Then they said, the God of the Hebrews had, has met with us. Listen, he's met with us. Please let us go a three days journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. I believe that when God met with Moses that day and said, I'm going to send you to Pharaoh, I'm going to send you to do something extraordinary. I want you to lead my people. I have chosen you to lead my people out of the bondage of the Egyptians. Now, Moses understood what God was asking of him way more than we do because he has seen the the way the Egyptian culture, he had seen um, even how the Egyptians treated uh, the Hebrews. He, he had seen everything. Keep this in mind. He was adopted from a Hebrew woman um, uh, into the house of Pharaoh. So he saw just sort of the affliction between the two. So um, while it was an overwhelming task, I'm sure there was an element of mental honor um, that he thought as him and Aaron charged down to to Egypt to um, attempt to bring the Israelites from Egypt. There had to be some sort of, wow, we get to do this. Wow. This is, this is exciting. Wow. Uh, uh, I can't believe that we're going to walk in on the Lord's command and ask for all of these people, you know, yes. Did he feel unqualified? Yes. But you have to understand he knew what he was uh, walking into, which is why the questions before the Lord. So he started off um, pretty good, pretty strong. I mean, he was pretty brave walking into that throne room, asking for the people, but Pharaoh immediately turned him down. He immediately said, no, I don't even know this God. Why in the world would I let Israel go when they are sustaining the economic culture in Egypt? I'm not going to let them go. You're crazy. Okay. Immediately he was shut down. And I'm sure immediately he went to the Lord and uh, as the text suggests and says, uh, what in the world is, is going on here? What would you give up if you gave up? Maybe even immediately as soon as Pharaoh said, I'm not going to let them go. He started doubting. I know, God, what you said, but what is happening? After he went and met with Pharaoh, I'm going to go to verse 19. It made them so mad. Verse 19 says this. The foreman of the sons of Israel saw that they were in trouble because they were told, you must not reduce your daily amount of bricks. It made Pharaoh so mad that he declared that the nation of Israel would not only have to keep producing the bricks to build whatever they were building for Pharaoh, they had to do it without straw. And in verse 19, it tells us plainly that even though the foreman took away the straw from the bricks, the number could not decrease. So let me set this up for you. Here, Moses went in, asked for the Israelites. Pharaoh said, absolutely not. Moses went in. He thought he was going to just, you know, take, I don't know what he thought. He, he knows, he knows he's um, on mission to bring uh, the Israelites out. 
Pharaoh says, no, it's not going to happen. It makes him mad. So he decrees, not only is it not going to happen, I'm going to increase the labor of the Israelites. So now he immediately has an enemy in Pharaoh and um, the Egyptians, but because of the increase in labor and the fact that the, that the Israelites were uh, punished because of Moses going in before Pharaoh, now the Israelites are also mad at Moses as well. What would you give up if you gave up? I want you to think for a minute just about the mental pressure uh, that was on Moses and Aaron. I want you to think about what that is like when not only have you done what God has asked, but you're getting so much opposition from those you're trying to help and then from those that you're asking for um, release from. Um, I want you to think mentally of where he is. Verse 22 tells us, Exodus 5, 22, then Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh Lord, why have you brought harm to this people? Why did you ever send me? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people and you have not delivered your people at all. Honesty. I want to just start, uh, uh, you know, uh, applying this here with just brutal and utter honesty. Sometimes when God sends us to do something or we start off so well and we start off, um, you know, with great expectation and with great hope, uh, 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 we get into it. And sometimes we're not even in it very long. I mean, Moses and Aaron had just got there and all of our great expectations of how easy it's going to go because God's hand is in it gets shut down and we immediately transfer to this place of, oh, God, why did you ever send me? Moses was brutally honest before the Lord. And I think that's one of those places where we don't go very often, but we need to go more often because God already knows exactly what you're thinking. Why did you send me here? If you're just going to increase the labor of of the Israelites and they're going to hate me too, why did you send me here? Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak your name, he has done harm to this people and you have not delivered your people at all. As a matter of fact, and I'm ad-libbing here, they were in more bondage than they were before Moses came. But thank God that when Moses was down, the spirit of the living God spoke up. He says this, then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh for under compulsion. He will let them go and under compulsion. He will drive them out of this land. God spoke further to Moses um, and he said to him, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God almighty, but my name, 
but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established a covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land uh, in which they sojourn. Furthermore, I have heard the groanings of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. I, I, I want um, just to encourage you that when we get to a place where we're like, Lord, what in the world are you doing? You sent me here. Here I am. All I want to do is give up and go back to being a shepherd, just like I'm sure what Moses was doing. God comes in and encourages our hearts with his word and with his promise and with his covenant. And that's exactly what he did to Moses. And there is something about the word of the Lord that is so concrete, that is so unusual yielding, that is so stable, that is so um, uh, miraculous, that it calms us when we need the calming, when our circumstances are out of control and when we feel like uh, quitting. And it calmed Moses in that moment. It calmed him down. It gave him perspective. It it, it gave him the gumption he needed to go on. So if you are on in that place right now where where you started off so well and you're like, man, I'm going to I'm going to plant this church for Jesus. And then all of a sudden, 10 people um, hate you within the first year. um, You need to go back to what the Lord said and why he called you to do what you uh, what he wanted you to do in the first place. You need to gain encouragement from the Lord alone. David, David, uh, King David is perfect of that when he says he encouraged himself in the Lord. There is an encouragement in the word of God that will never, ever, 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 ever come from human mouth. It will always come from his word and his word alone. When the Lord came back to Moses and he said, now you shall see what I will do. It shifted his perspective in such a way it stabilizes stabilized his feelings in such a way that he was able from that point forward to continue going into Pharaoh. And thus the 10 different plagues ensued. He went in, let my people go. Pharaoh said, absolutely not. And then uh, the water was turned to blood. Gross. Disgusting. I mean, all the water in the Nile was turned to blood. That is, especially if you're not a blood person. Oh my, can you, can you imagine? (laughs) Like you can't even get a shot. Could you imagine going out to White Rock Lake and it being a blood? I mean, that would just be nasty. But here, all of these people are watching uh, this happen. It doesn't move Pharaoh. Fine, fine. That doesn't work. Okay. Let my people go. Frogs all over the land. I don't like frogs. Now, if my kids see a frog, it's almost as if they saw like an angel. I mean, my kids are obsessed with frog. I, I'm not a frog person because every time I pick up a frog, it pees on my hand. So I, I'm, I'm like, if it's going to pee on me, I don't want to touch it. Right. But could you imagine these? These frogs are not just in 
Um, it's not like four little frogs that are hopping along. These frogs are everywhere. They're in their food supply. They're 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 in their clothing. They're in their laundry. They're they are everywhere. Okay, no, didn't move Pharaoh whatsoever. But Moses had a word from the Lord, so he could stand firm. Next one, insects. I don't like insects either. You live in Texas, you know an insect. The other day I was out trying to have my devotion, and I looked down, and there was a a. a um, what do you call those things? Spider. There was a spider right by my, it was the size of my hand. Let me tell you, I felt like when I saw that spider, the spirit of the Lord had departed from me. I was like freaking out. I got up, I had to move in. I couldn't even concentrate on the word of God anymore. There was insects that went all throughout the land. Okay. Disgusting. They were everywhere. Pharaoh, let my people go. No, no, I'm not going to. But Moses came back for more locusts. Darkness. Ten plagues in total. But because that word of the Lord stabilized Moses' mind and how he felt, now you're going to see. Listen, I understand. Sometimes I feel like we need, we need to understand that God understands that we are human. We need to understand that he knows how he made us. He knows that we're going to doubt. He knows that we're going to have questions. He knows that we're going to fear. He doesn't, uh, uh, he's not frustrated when we question because he knows that he has created us with insufficiencies that can only be filled by his sufficiency. We need to give ourselves a break. He doesn't ask us to be God. He asks us to obey. When God came back and said, now you're going to see, he kept his word. And boy, did they ever see the miracles, the signs, the wonders that God did on behalf of the nation of Israel to continue to soften Pharaoh's heart. And then the last plague, the last plague happened and all of the firstborn in Egypt, passed away that night. And then finally, Pharaoh said, get out, go, leave, get out. I can't handle it anymore. Get out, get out, get out. And what did they do? They picked up and they got out. All of the hundreds of thousands of the people of Israel, an entire nation left. You know why? Because God honored his word. What if Moses would have given up on plague three? Well, Pharaoh said no multiple times. I can't take the gnats. I got to get out of here. The gnats are flying up my nose and one nostril and coming down the other. I can't take him any longer. I am done. What if Moses would have packed his stuff and went back um, uh, to his father-in-law's house, property, and job? What, what if he would have packed up on plague number three? What would he have given up if he gave up? He would have given up the redemption, the uh, the great exodus. He would have given up one of the greatest miracles besides when Jesus came and 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 what he did. He would have given up um, the greatest 
freedom from exile that we know to date except the freedom from our sins that was that was given to us on the cross by Jesus. He would have sacrificed that because he felt weak in the moment. And I believe today that some of you guys are on plague three. God has told you to go. You keep getting no's. The first no you took because you you were hyped up on adrenaline. The second no was a little rough. Maybe you're on plague three, four, or five. And you keep coming back to this. I keep getting resistance. I know the word of the Lord has told me to do something, but I keep getting resistance. I want you guys, just like God encouraged Moses um, in Exodus, I want you guys to go back to what he said to you. He said it like this to Moses. Now you're going to see what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. What is your passage of scripture that you're clinging to? If you don't have one, find one. Ask God to give you one. But I feel like you're on plague three and you're ready to give up and you don't under, you don't see what God is seeing. You don't see the victory that is coming. You don't see what this is going to produce. If you just wait out the 10 plagues, there will be a time when God does exactly what he said. And it will be one of the greatest things that you've ever experienced in your life. Some of you are on plague three. It doesn't mean you don't have more plagues to go through. It doesn't mean you don't have more hard hardships to go to. But there will come a time when God uses you to do exactly what he told you he was going to do with you. What would you give up if you gave up? I'll tell you this right now. Do not quit. Stay the course. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Because you might not ever know what you give up. But I'm telling you right now, you don't want to lose that. It will be powerful. Stay the course. Hope this encourages you guys today. Love you so much. You can catch me right back here tomorrow on The Autumn Mile Show. The Autumn Miles Show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated. To make a donation, visit autumnmiles.com. And if you make a donation of $100 or more, you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month. This program is underwritten by Mary Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.